I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. The FT Arts Podcast is brought to you by Vacheron Constantin. This is the latest in the series, The Life of a Song, and I'm Cathy Unsworth. This week, Johnny Remember Me. In the first half of the 60s, a morbid craze seized Hitsville. The charts were haunted by songs such as Ray Peterson's Tell Laura I Love Her, 1960, the Everly Brothers' Ebony Eyes, 1961, Twinkle's Terry and the Shangri-La's Leader of the Pack, both 1964, eerie evocations of teenage hot rodders or motorcyclists revving up and riding straight to hell. In an era when British movies such as Beat Girl and The Leather Boys portrayed juveniles playing for kicks in car races and bike burn-ups, our moral guardians had to act. Attempting to suppress any further fetishisation of the live fast, die young, leave a good-looking corpse credo, the BBC banned these death discs as they came to be known. But Auntie Beebe could do nothing to stop the creepiest of all these fatal 45s, John Layton's Johnny Remember Me, which, despite the BBC censor, went to number one in July 1961, stayed there for six weeks, then left behind its own trail of tears. Singing in the side of the wind, blowing in the treetops, way above me. The song was born out of a seance held by two of music's most unworldly characters, producer Joe Meek and songwriter Jeff Goddard. The tale of a lonely cowboy haunted by the ghost of his girl, who I loved and lost a year ago. The recording was drenched in echo, and the disembodied voice of backing singer Lissa Gray who sounded as if she really was performing from beyond the grave. She was actually standing in Meat's toilet. Leighton was an actor famous for playing a rock star in the ITV series Harper's West One, and when he performed the song on the show, its rise was unstoppable. 
Both Meek and Goddard were obsessed with the occult, the basis of a partnership that, from the rooms above a leather goods shop in North London, would create a pre-Beatles hit factory for Meek's unconventional recording methods. Meek was a believer in spiritualism, claiming to have received a message from the other side about the impending death of his idol buddy Holly, who died on the fateful date of February 3rd, 1959. Goddard was training to become a medium. Like a walking microcosm of the 60s, Meek, a working-class outsider, set a collision course for infamy. He rose to the greatest of heights with his 1962 transatlantic smash Telstar, performed by the Tornadoes, which earned him both an Ivan Novello Award and a writ for plagiarism from a French composer, which resulted in Meek's royalties being frozen. wasn't his only misfortune. Amphetamine addiction, obsession with his protege Heinz Burt, and an incident of entrapment in a public toilet that led to him being blackmailed for his then illegal homosexuality fermented Meek's fate. Goddard left in 1965, accusing his collaborator of stealing material. Burt followed soon after, suing for missing royalties. In 1967, Meek took a shotgun to his landlady, Violet Shenton, and then himself. Again, the date was February the 3rd. The multiple untimely deaths of those who surrounded him are known as the Curse of Joe Meek. Among them, Burton Goddard, who died within a month of each other in the year 2000, aged only 57 and 62 respectively. Meek's greatest rival was not immune either. Phil Spector, who Meek imagined had bugged his studios to copy his techniques, murdered actress Lana Clarkson at his L.A. mansion in 2003. It was February the 3rd. Yet Johnny's ghostly girl continues to call. The song has been covered by many who share Meek's aesthetics, including the Meteors in 1983, Bronsky Beat and Mark Almond in 1985, Dave Vanian's Phantom Chords in 1990, and Spell, who are Rose McDowell and Boyd Rice, in Nick Moran retold the Meek Goddard seance in his 2008 movie Telstar, with Leather Boys star Rita Tushingham as the medium. They tried to ban her, they tried to bury her, but no one, it seems, can ever forget her. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.